Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell and I'm so glad you're here with me today. We're going to talk today about how we can, with the help of the Lord, tame our tongues. The use of our tongues is an area as women that we can get into so much trouble. We tend to have many words. Statistics tell us that women have 20,000 words a day compared to men at 7,000. That's pretty incredible. So many times we're not careful with our words and we say things that are slanderous or gossip or sadly at times even malicious. This should not be for women who love the Lord and are loved and known by Him. I want to share with you as we begin here a bit of insight into the life of Sarah Edwards, and I pray that it'll be an encouragement to us today as we get started here, asking the Lord together to use our tongues to bring glory and honor to Him. Most of us are familiar with Jonathan Edwards, and he was one of the men God used in the First Great Awakening in the 1700s. His wife was Sarah, and she was the mother of their 11 children. And in the introduction to this very large book called The Works of Jonathan Edwards, it shares a bit about Sarah and her marriage to Jonathan. The statement that it made about Sarah in regards to our tongues is impactful to ponder, and it really stood out to me about how we use our tongues. And I want to start our time today with this statement. So I'm going to begin the quote here. Sarah made it her rule to speak well of all so far as she could with truth and justice to herself and others. She was not prone to dwell with delight on the imperfections and failings of any, and when she heard other people speaking ill of others, she would say what she thought she could with truth and justice in their excuse, or divert the slander by mentioning those things that were commendable in them. In other words, if she heard somebody saying something unkind about someone else, she would try and change the conversation or divert it or say something encouraging about that person. And then it goes on to say, Thus, Sarah was careful of everyone's character, even of those who injured and spoke evil of her. She could bear injuries and reproach with great calmness, without any disposition to render evil for evil, but on the contrary, she was ready to pity and forgive those who appeared to be her enemies. What a beautiful testimony, and I would love that to be said about me. What a commitment to speak well of all. Think about that, to be said about us, that somebody would speak of us, that she spoke well of all. I think of Colossians 4, 6 when I hear that. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. But sadly, how many times have we left a conversation, I'm so guilty of this, and said to ourselves, why did I say that? Proverbs 1.41.3 needs to continually be on my heart and mind. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I've been guilty too many times for wanting to take words back that have already left my mouth, but I can't. In James 3.2, it tells us that only the perfect man will not stumble in what he says. And in James 3.8, we are reminded that no human being can tame the tongue. Our words are powerful and can be so destructive. How can we bless our Lord while we curse people from the same mouth? And that's from James 3, 9 through 10. As Christians, 
those of us that have repented and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, I want to remind us that every sinful word we have spoken is covered by the blood of Jesus on Calvary. And my hope in speaking words that honor and glorify the Lord can only be because of the saving work of Jesus Christ in my life on the cross. I need to pray daily to speak words that come from a heart transformed by His saving grace in my life. So what are some ways, ladies, that we can work towards being women who don't sin with our tongues? One thought that comes to mind that I hear often is we can pause, think, and pray. Three things to be mindful of, pause, think, and pray, especially when you need to say something difficult or address a difficult situation. Those particular words came from a series of six questions that I have written in my Bible, and I'm not sure where they came from, but they may be a help to you as they are to me in being prayerful and slow to speak. The first one is, is this the time to say this? The second one is an important one. Am I the person to say this? Number three, is it necessary? Number four, is it kind? Number five, is it true? And number six, do I need to say this? Because many times we don't have to address everything that troubles or annoys us. We need to learn when to let it go and look over an offense. Matthew Henry has some wise words for us. He says, think how small these things will seem when you stepped into eternity. Death will quiet us shortly. Let grace quiet us now. So let's look at other ways that we're not to sin with our tongues. So one area is if we've sinned against another with our words, We need to make it right. We need to confess that sin to God and make it right with the one that we've sinned against. Many times those sinful words come out of us, they start because of bitterness that's already in our hearts. We are called to get rid of bitterness and put off slander and evil speaking. Ephesians 4.31 reminds us, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. And if it truly is an issue of sin in someone's life, then we need to talk directly to them and not to someone else about them. This is where we can fall into sin many times, ladies. Matthew 18, 15 and Galatians 6, 1 direct us to that. Make sure that we've prayed for them and that our heart's desire is to see them restored. Our words can correct. We need to do that at times, and they may be really difficult for someone to hear, but they should still be given in love and with much grace. The person should know of our great love and concern for them. Another area is our thought life. It needs to be brought under control by the Spirit. I mean, the reality is, where would we be without God's grace and mercy? We need need to continue to pray, to see, and think about others with the same grace and mercy we have been given. And I'm reminded in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. I've been forgiven much. I need to forgive others much. I love this next one to remember. It's pretty simple. Talk less. Proverbs 10, 19 reminds us, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Another area is we need to take the time to pray and think before we speak. And I'm going to throw us back to those six questions earlier, and I'll make sure to throw those in the show notes too. And another one for as ladies that we can struggle with and we need to um, really think hard about and be conscious of it is to work hard at not listening or responding to gossip or slander. And even as difficult as it can be at times, maybe we need to confront or address those people 
that are doing that. And we need to then come back to our Matthew verse above and do it in a way that is gracious and kind, but it needs to be addressed. And they may not even be aware that they're doing it, or it may be such a habit that they need reminding. And it's a good reminder for us too. And here's some good questions to be mindful to ask ask ourselves if we're the ones about to speak about another person is, would I mind if the person that I was talking about were standing right there? And another one would be, would I be willing to say this right to their face? So something to think about when we're speaking, do our words sound more like Jesus or Satan? That's a little bit convicting, isn't it? Are we spending more time accusing others or are we advocating for them? We need to use our tongues to minister grace to others. And we need, again, to be mindful to offer grace when others sin against us with their words, knowing that we do the same to them and others. I'm coming back to Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Mindful again, we've been forgiven much. We are called to forgive much. The reality is we are going to need help in this area, most of us. And God didn't intend for us to become mature believers on our own. You may need to find a friend who also struggles in this area and help to keep each other accountable. It may also be very wise to find a friend who shows this grace of grace-filled speech and learn from them. Another, um, just another tip in this area, how not to sin with our tongues, and is that when others are speaking, focus on what they are saying and not what you are going to say next. Be mindful that when we speak less, we hear more. And Proverbs 10.19 is a good reminder because we may also sin less when our words are few. This is an area that I continue to work on in my own life. My mind can be racing too many times when someone's talking to me and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say as the other person is speaking to me. So that's a really bad habit and that's not really being kind to them or considerate of them. So I need to, and I pray you ladies that that this is an area of weakness for you. We need to learn to actively and attentively listen to others and keep silent on the inside as well. And now I'm going to kind of turn it back to our homes here because one of the first places that we need to practice good listening and grace-filled speech is within our own homes. And this always brings me to think of Proverbs 31, 26, where it says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I do love that verse. It's mindful to remember though too that Proverbs are not promises for our lives, but they're guides to help us in living productive and successful lives according to God's ways. Proverbs is a great way to get practical wisdom. They are great truths there for practical wisdom. And as we take a look at Proverbs 31, 26, it gives us much to ponder for us as wives and mothers. As I sat and observed this verse, one thing that stood out to me was when she opened her mouth, meaning she didn't always open her mouth, but when she did, she spoke with wisdom. As a Christian woman who desires to speak words of wisdom, I again pondered what types of words would come out of her mouth. I believe she would be careful in choosing her words. They would be words that are in line with God's word and useful for others to hear. To her children, her words would build up, encourage, and correct. They would speak of God's goodness, his gift of salvation through Christ, and be words that speak grace to their souls. 
out of her mouth would not come cursing, filthy language, slander, or any corrupt communication. And that's coming from Colossians 3.8, Ephesians 4.29. And in Ephesians 4.29, it says that our word should be only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That's a great one to keep in our memory, to continue to meditate on throughout our days. And it's a great one to keep posted throughout our house for that. It's by my kitchen sink. It's one I like to look at and be reminded of often. (laughs) And it's a good one to meditate on and think of as I communicate with those within my own home. So speaking kindly sometimes to others, ladies, outside of our homes can be easy to do. It can be really easy to put on a sweet little face and address others kindly. Um, But our true hearts are revealed by the way we speak to those within our homes. And sadly, they are the ones that usually hear and see the worst of us. And the example before us in Proverbs 31 is when she speaks to give instruction, kindness is on her tongue. So search your heart, mama. Let the Lord search your heart and do his work as this is an area that usually needs some or much attention in our lives. Too many times our words to our children are sinful and we can tend to overlook our own sinful speech. We need to treat and talk to our children the way we would desire them to treat and talk to us. Who is setting the example here? And also, how many times do our husbands hear sarcastic or cut down comments from us or we grumble under our breath about them or roll our eyes or address them in anger and we talk to them in ways we would never even dream of speaking to our friends. They too need to hear words that are kind and encouraging and speak grace to their souls. Our words should be gracious and gentle within and outside of our homes. We need to practice using please and thank you and will you please forgive me. Take the time to pray before you respond to a difficult situation and talk to the Lord about it first. Even your children, you need to maybe take that moment to stop and pray before you have to deal with a situation. You can still be firm with your children when needed and gentle at the same time. We also need to have open, honest communication in our marriages, but our words don't have to be hurtful or mean. What matters most at times isn't what we have to say, but how we say it. So before you speak to your husband, ask yourself, how can I speak with kindness right now? Matthew 12, 34 reminds us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's coming out of our hearts? Are they words that speak life to others? And one of the most important messages you can share with your children and those in your sphere of influence is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. There are no kinder words that can come from your mouth than those that bring eternal life. And I want to remind us, because this is the most important truth I have to share with you always, and it is only because of Jesus that we are even able to have control of our tongues because of the Holy Spirit working within us. And I want to make clear that as Christians, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. We're not saved because of our obedience to Christ, but our obedience to Christ is evidence of our saving faith. So if you've seen yourself as a sinner before God and have repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, you are a child of God. And it's only by his grace that we can be obedient to his word and live lives that are guided by his truth. Our Lord did not leave us to fend for ourselves in this most difficult area of our lives. We have his word, and if we are in Christ, we have his Holy Spirit within us to tame our tongues. 
We're never going to reach perfection in this area of our lives when we are here on this earth. But as we continue, ladies, to fill our hearts and our minds with God's word and we yield to the Holy Spirit, He is faithful to continue to sanctify us and help us in this most difficult area of our lives to have victory over. As we ponder the work the Lord did for us on the cross so we could have new life and the gift of eternal life, may the words that we speak only boast of Him and not of ourselves. When we are reminded how much we've been forgiven, it should be easy to forgive others who sin against us with their words. And I love this reminder from Alistair Begg. As a result of grace, we have been saved from sin's penalty. One day, we will be saved from sin's presence. In the meantime, we are being saved from sin's power. I'm going to leave you with Colossians 3, 15 to 17, one of my favorite verses. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our word should always be a reflection, lady, that we are God's children. May we continue to value his words above all else. And I want to give you some questions to ponder as we leave today, because my hope always is that you won't just listen, but that you will seek out God's word and the truths in his word and apply these things. So there is change in your life that we are continuing in our lives to be molded more and more into the image of Christ. So I want you to ponder these questions. I I took them from Jen Wilkins online study from James on week seven. So as you are interacting with family and others, number one is where can you stop speaking words of destruction and what relationship needs that from you? How are you going to remind yourself? And number two, where can you begin speaking words that create this week? Who most needs you to speak encouragement to them? I want to leave you with a reminder today, ladies, I hear often from my husband and it's a truth that I can't hear too much. Jesus is enough, always. So friends, thank you so much for taking the time today to tune into Thankful Homemaker. For more posts or to contact me, where to find me on the the web and the show notes, head over to thankfulhomemaker.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd so love and appreciate you to head over to iTunes and give it a rating so others can find it too. Have a blessed week, dear sisters. Mm -hmm.